Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of Western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six-acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls in a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie, foothills, the Rocky Mountains, the Pecani First Nation, Waterton Lakes National Park, the Crow's Nest Pass, and the Upper River Watershed of the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers, townsmen, cowboys, mounties, pioneer women, politicians, chroniclers, miners, railroaders, and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of Canada. Fishburn School and the School District, number 311. Arthur Walter Fish and his wife Margaret arrived in the Pincher Creek area in the 1980s. Fish became the foreman of the Stewart and Christie Ranch, which was on the edge of Pincher Creek, on the eastern edge in the industrial section near what is now the Pincher Creek Co-op Farm and Ranch Center. Fish moved to the southeast of Pincher Creek and bought a homestead near a little creek known as the Dry Fork of the Waterton River. Now, in Fish's native Scotland, they called the creek a burn. Therefore, the area became known as Fishburn, after Mr. Fish and the creek itself. They were known for community endeavors and were instrumental in setting up the school district in 1894. In that time, Fishburn became a very popular community in the area, often to the point that it would uh, very nearly became a town. It did not, but the name still resounds in the area as the site of a community hall and nearby a cemetery and a united church. The Fishburn School stood on the northeast quarter of Section 21, Township 5, Range 28, west of the 4th Meridian. Now, there are 39 country schools that had set, would eventually set up in the Pincher Creek trading area. Fishburn would be the first. It would also be the last to close and also encompass the largest area. It was built in 1894 by Thomas Hinton's Construction Company from Pincher Creek, and it quickly became the center of the rural agricultural community located 16 miles to the southeast of Pincher Creek. Tom Newton donated the land on which the new school was built. Interesting to note that the crab apples that Mr. Newton grew likely passed through the lips of every child who, who ever walked to school at the Fishburn. As well as the school, the building at various times housed church services for Methodist, Presbyterian, and Baptist denominations before 1900. When it opened in April of 1894, 11 students were in the, the one-room school and the first teacher was a man named Trimble. This dimensional one-room one frame structure served as a typical Canadian Prairies country school, where eager students from grades 1 to 8 received a thorough grounding in the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. In the typical country school, one hard-working teacher was in charge of as many as 30 students teaching grades 1 through 8 in one single classroom. 
The challenging work and loneliness faced a turnover in teaching staff virtually every year. Yet there were rewards in seeing the students' minds opening. The, the, the school would host children's concerts, Christmas programs and meetings, and local meetings in the building that compensated for the isolation. The exterior porch of the building was added on in 1904, and a water pump was located just outside, drawing water from either a well or a cistern. A wood-burning stove was centrally located in the building that could also be heated by locally mined or purchased coal. Students working close at hand would remain warm during the winter, but those seated away from it and adjacent to the exterior walls would suffer from the drafty windows. Every morning the teacher or one of the older students was responsible to clean and light the stove and to keep it stoked throughout the day. In two corners, wooden cabinets housed the school library. For the students, these were modern reading reference and study materials. Although few in number, given the scanty school board budgets, the collection encompasses a today a variety of volumes and su subjects, originally scattered from across several of the country schools. Fishburn was more than just a classroom. It was the gathering place for political and business meetings, card parties, dances, and concerts. The frame structure served until 1948 when replaced by a new school building nearby, which served the educational needs of the area for another 15 years. In 1963, Fishburn School District closed its doors forever due to consolidation of schools toward the town of Pincher Creek. Between the original and the second building, the youngsters of the Fishburn had access to local education for the impressive of 69 years, the longest of any of the rural districts in Pincher Creek area, and as said earlier, the last of the 39 to close. The 1948 school building is still on the site and still functions as a local community hall. The original 1894 Fishburn school building was moved to the village in 1974, where it continually offers a glimpse into a romantic period of rural education. Now we talked about the old iron pump and we have a poem here, author unknown, called The Old Iron Pump. The old iron pump in the schoolyard brings a rush of memories to me and I long to go back to my childhood, though I know that can never be. I can see that old battered dipper that we drank from in turn, nor worried about germs or microbes. Such things caused us little concern. I can still hear the creak of the handle as we primed it each frosty morn and still taste the clear bracing nectar that puts city water to scorn. With a start, I return to the present, turn the tap at my bright shining sink, take a dip cup from the Dixie dispenser and have a chlorine flavored drink. For those things, we should all be grateful. So perhaps I am really a chump, but tonight I would gladly exchange them for a drink from the old iron pump. There are a lot of stories about the Fishburn area and that school. In fact, most country schools will always bring, bring uh, anecdotes. Fishburn, of course, was no exception to that. There were times when the creek not only ran by the school, but also through it when the creek was in full flood. In 1919, when Mrs. Dave Fitzpatrick was teaching at Fishburn, the grayling were passing up the creek by the hundreds. 
The subject could have been science, social studies, outdoor education, survival, physical education, or swimming lessons. But every student was very proud when they arrived home from school that day with a fine catch. Miss Lehman had quite an experience when the skunks moved under the school in 1921 and 1922. The students had to be moved to the Anglican Church so the men of the area could uh, jack the school up and then the shot, the Mr. Dimsdale shot the skunks underneath the building. George Newton skinned them and got $18 for four. The money was donated to the Canadian Red Cross. About 1926, the first of the Collie Jenkins children started school. Bud had to ride over three miles every day. His tall horse carried a strap off the horn so he could climb up the horse's leg to get on. Other children were known to have two sets of stirrups that they happened to become dismounted for some reason on the way to or from school. Some relied heavily on the trees, fence posts, sharp ditches, and horses who happened to get caught eating a bite of the grass. New arrivals from Ireland in 1929 made for interesting times. Maisie McCauley seemed to have a language all of her own which really entertained the rest of the students. Keith Marcellus insisted that he could write left-handed just like Sam, which he finally mastered after practicing for some time. And then there was Joe. It seemed that he was annoying the class by playing with something in his pocket, and the teacher told him to get rid of whatever it was, which he very obediently threw into the heater. The three shotgun shells blew the pipes all to pieces and soon shot was everywhere. An unscheduled holiday occurred immediately until the mess was cleaned up. Another skunk story came with Bill Metzler earned himself a few days holiday through his affiliation. His father found out about the coat that he picked up on the way from school that still had the odor on it and the teacher soon quit sending him home every day. Another Bill and his faithful horse Jinx recalled in a verse in their memoirs. A diller, a dollar, a twelve o'clock scholar, why do you come so soon? You used to come at ten o'clock and now you come at noon. His horse was always in top-notch shape, eating grass all the way to school. Bees were annual visitors at school when they were busy making honey all summer in the wall. One former student recalls a time when a gun was brought to school to settle a disagreement for all between two boys. Luckily, the older brother was able to talk fast or the subject would have been more in trouble than he could have handled. The last teacher to teach in the, the old school, the original Fishburn structure, was Miss Aikenhead, who for the 1947-1948 term will always be remembered by her students. She lived at the Metzler home and walked over to a mile to school every day. When the snow was deep, the McGlynn children had to break trail with their horses for her. When the new school opened in the spring, Constance Aikenhand moved into the old one. That year, spring runoff turned into a flood and water once again ran through the building. Miss Aikenhead had to be rescued off of a desk by Bill, Mooton, Bill Newton, rather, who picked her up by horse and buggy. She was unable to compete, complete that year due to her ill health. Dyer's Construction built the new school in the spring of 1948 with Miss Aikenhead back as teacher for a short time. Then Miss Annie Boblin came to complete the year. Mr. Peter Stones came to us from England in 1953. When he arrived, there was a lot of adjusting to do since he had not been in a rural area before. 
Mr. and Mrs. Stones and their two children lived in the Adamson house for the first few months with no running water, electricity, and a coal and wood stove, which in the winter did not do much for the cold. However, the next year a tea tree was built by Dan Weens and the men from the district and conditions were improved. The Stones stayed for two more years. The students at that time did many new and interesting activities such as woodworking, oil painting, picture tinting, and a school book called the Fishburn Fritters, to mention a few things, activities. The new barn was a place of entertainment for the students, as well as a place to tie our horses. Swinging from the rafters was a favorite sport on a windy day, and even more fun when the horses were in. A broken arm caused the teacher to forbid any more playing out there. The barn reminded us some of us that the horses that faith faithfully went to Fishburn for over 25 years. She followed her mother as a colt and was known to be waiting at the school gate for her would-be passengers if the gate was ac accidentally left open. In the mid-1950s, there was a teacher who was deathly scared of mice, and there always seemed to be one appearing in her desk. If those drawers could only talk, I am sure they would talk about some boys hiding those mice in there. When locals are asked what they remember most about school days at Fishburn, here is a few things that they recalled in point form. Learning geography from the Nielsen's chocolate bar map. Horses, 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 horses. The sandbox, what a learning experience it was. Teachers playing all sorts of games with us. Nature trips up the canyon. Straight pens and inkwells. Baseball in the summer, fox and goose in the winter. Hide and go seek along the trees by the creek. Fishing while we should have been in class. Swinging from the rafters in the barn. Dipping long blood and braids into the inkwells. A good solid education in the three R's. Christmas concerts, basket socials, school dances and shadow socials. Lighting the furnace, packing, water. Doing janitorial work. Magpie and crow's feet and gopher tails given to the teacher for money. The list could go on because over the years over 200 children were educated at Fishburn and everyone has a different story to tell which is all history today. Students from Fishburn have gone on to better in their education in nearly every field possible. There were teachers, nurses, engineers, dietitians, surveyors, secretaries, professors, carpenters, welders and farmers. Today that old Fishburn school is in the Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village partly to the grown-up dedicated students who attended there. The newer school is, was bought by the Fishburn Community Club, where Santa Claus still makes his yearly visit to the children of the community. The teacherage was purchased by Bud Jenkins and is still on the school property. The Pinchers Creek School Division retained ownership of the land, which is today in the Livingston School District. Whoa, Ranger Gord here. That should be Livingston Range School Division. As we said earlier, Fishburn was the last to be taken over by the centralization of schools in, in the division. And that occurred in the fall of 1963.
Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcatcher. Visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca. Kootenay is spelled K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I. Also, visit and join our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information on our museum or even better, visit us at 1037 Beverly McLaughlin Drive in beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.